everyone. Right now I'm going to talk about spiritual bypassing. This is a Psychology Today article about the author, Diana Robb, MFA, PhD, is an author, speaker, educator, and survivor. She's written nine books of nonfiction and poetry, including the recent Writing for Bliss and Writing for Bliss, a companion journal. Her blog is The Empowerment Diary. This is reviewed by Ekua Hagen, posted January 23rd, 2019. Spiritual bypassing, John Wellwood, who coined the term, died this week. Last week, John Wellwood, the prominent psychotherapist and author in the transpersonal psychology field, passed away. Among other things, Wellwood coined the term spiritual bypassing. This might be a good time to honor him as often. In his classic book, For the Psychology of Awakening, which was one of my textbooks during my doctoral program. He defines spiritual bypassing as using spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep personal, emotional, unfinished, unfinished business to, show, to shore up a shaky sense of self or to belittle basic needs, feelings, and developmental tasks. The goal of such practices, he claimed, was enlightenment. The practice might feel as if it's more and more prominent these days at a time when there seems to be a great deal of unrest and uncertainty in our internal and external world. Foundation spiritual bypassing is basically avoidance and repression. And for some individuals, spirituality serves as a way to rise above or handle the shaky ground underneath. The shaky ground beneath. Spiritual practice is used to compensate for challenging traits such as low self-esteem, social isolation, Social, social isolation or other emotional issues, Wellwood said, they corrupt the actual use of spiritual practice. In other words, using these practices to cover a problem seems like an easy way out, as opposed to working on the actual issues and etiology of the challenges. Many of us know individuals who run away from problems by going on spiritual retreats. However, when these people return home, although they may feel enlightened for a short time, they are eventually triggered by the issues that sent them on their spiritual journeys in the first place. All the fear, confusion, and drama are still where they left them and nothing has really been accomplished. One woman who was raised by a, by a narcissistic mother claimed that for most of her life, she swallowed her anger and just tried to be the quote-unquote good girl. She rarely lashed out and kept it all in. At an early age, she started practicing transcendental meditation and read spiritual books as a way to calm her during difficult times. When she approached middle age, a friend suggested that she seek the assistance of a therapist so she could work on her underlying issues, which were not only causing problems in her relationships, but led her to engage in spiritual bypassing. During therapy, she learned that it was much healthier to voice her opinions and not keep them bottled up inside. 
telling others how she felt wasn't something that she learned as a child and habits that are ingrained early on are often difficult to change but when she started voicing her thoughts this woman not only felt better but realized that it benefited all her relationships after addressing these issues she continued spiritual practices and meditation prayer yoga healthy diet exercise and grounding all modalities that support her transformation rather than replacing it wells wellwood also stated that anger is an empty emotional wave that arises in the ocean of consciousness often without meaning this feeling can also lead to spiritual bypassing anger often stems from suppressed emotions that are not addressed it can become overwhelming when taking the time to acknowledge the types of challenging emotions that are being bypassed we learn how to handle them the most effective thing to do is acknowledge the emotion sit with it and honor it without repressing it as the buddhists do basically don't give it any power others like ingrid clayton in her article beware spiritual bypass 2011 claim a spiritual bypassing is a defense mechanism although it looks different than other defense mechanisms that serve the same purpose wellwood said that many clients came to him with some impasse in their lives that their spiritual practice was unable to penetrate or help whether whether a personality issue or relationship problem he was always amazed by the fact that although these individuals may have practiced sophisticated spiritual practices they often did not practice self love after attending numerous spiritual retreats myself and meeting many leaders in the field I've learned the importance of compassion for myself as well as for those who present themselves as challenges. My father used to say you never know how people feel until you walk in their shoes. This old-fashioned wisdom continues to ring true 3 decades after his passing. Some signs of emotional bypassing, not focusing on the here and now, living in a spiritual realm much of the time. overemphasizing the positive and avoiding the negative being self-righteous about the concept of enlightenment being overly detached being overly idealistic having feelings of entitlement exhibiting frequent anger engaging in cognitive dissonance being overly compassionate pretending that everything is okay when it's not i am recovering from spiritual bypassing when it comes to the world of religion the world of education and the world of the global society as a whole let's talk more about spiritual spiritual bypassing by Kendra Cherry back check by at a chunk on December 6, 2020. This is very well mind.com and I must say that this is the spirituality section of this of the website. Spiritual bypassing is practicing spiritual explanations to avoid complex psychological issues. The term 
was first coined in the early 1980s by a trans personal psychotherapist named John Wellwood in his book, Toward a Psychology of Awakening. According to Wellwood, spiritual bypassing can be defined as a tendency to use spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep or avoid facing unresolved emotional issues, psychological wounds, and unfinished developmental tasks. As a therapist and Buddhist teacher, Wellwood began to notice that people, including himself, often wielded spirituality as a shield or type of defense mechanism. Rather than working through hard emotions or confronting unresolved issues, people would simply dismiss them with spiritual explanations. While it could be a way to protect itself from harm or to promote harmony between people, it doesn't actually resolve these issues. Instead, it merely glosses over a problem, leaving it too fast without any true resolution. While spirituality could be a force that helps enhance an individual's well-being, engaging in spiritual bypassing as a way to avoid complicated feelings or issues can ultimately stifle growth. Signs, spiritual bypassing is a way of hiding behind spirituality or spiritual practices. It, pre it prevents people from acknowledging what they are feeling and distances them from both themselves and others. Some examples of spiritual bypassing include avoiding feelings of anger, believing in your own spiritual superiority as a way to hide from insecurities, believing that traumatic events must serve as quote-unquote learning experiences or that there's a silver lining behind every negative experience, believing that spiritual practices such as meditation or prayer are always positive, extremely high, often unattainable idealism, feelings of detachment, focusing only on spirituality and ignoring the present, only focusing on the positive or being overly optimistic, rejecting your own negative feelings on others, pretending that things are fine when they are clearly not, thinking that people can overcome their problems through positive thinking, thinking that you must quote unquote rise above your emotions, using defense mechanisms such as denial and repression. Spiritual bypassing is a superficial way of glossing over problems in a way that might make us feel better in the short term, ultimately solves nothing, just leaves a problem to linger on. Examples, spiritual bypassing can sometimes be difficult to spot because it is often very subtle. However, looking at examples can help making this phenomenon more apparent. Following the death of a loved one, people tell surviving relatives that the deceased is in a better place and that it was all a part of God's plan. A woman is angry and upset about something that someone else has done. When she tries to share her feelings, her friends tell her to stop being so negative. A relative regularly crosses boundaries and behaves in ways that are hurtful to other family members. Rather than confront this behavior, those who have been harmed feel that they need to repress their anger and remain overly tolerant. Spiritual bypassing is, all, is also often used to dismiss the very real concerns that people are dealing with problems. People who are faced with discrimination often advised to simply be nice, civil, or patient in quotations when dealing with blatant abuse. It suggests that people can rely on individual positive thinking to overcome complex social issues. Recognizing spiritual bypassing. If you say these things, you might be engaged in spiritual bypassing. Everything happens for a reason. You create your own happiness. It was for the best. It was a blessing in disguise. Good vibes only. Thoughts and prayers. Before resorting to platitudes, ask yourself who the common is really helping. Is it really giving someone comfort or insight, or is it just a way of dismissing a difficult situation so that you can feel better? Causes spiritual bypassing acts as a form of defense mechanism. It protects us from things that seem too painful to deal with, but this protection comes at a cost. 
Ignoring or avoiding the issue can make stress worse long term and make the problem more difficult to solve later on. While avoidance is a primary motivator behind this type of behavior, there are other factors that play a role in shaping it. Wellness culture, which often perpetuates ideas of toxic positivity and permanent optimism, is sometimes a driving force behind spiritual bypassing. It teaches people that they cannot be well or healthy unless they're able to rise above any negativity. The problem with this is that negative emotions are normal and often a sign that something needs to change. Ignoring these signs can lead to worse problems down the road. An individualistic culture that promotes the idea that people must aim for self-actualization in order to achieve true happiness also contributes to a tendency to avoid difficult or painful emotions. Rather than trying to solve problems in the environment that lead to pain, individualism teaches people that they are alone, that they alone are responsible for their destiny. Impact. Spiritual bypassing isn't always a bad thing. In times of severe distress, it can be a way to temporarily relieve frustration or anxiety. However, researchers suggest that it can be damaging when used as a long-term strategy to suppress problems. Spiritual bypassing can have a number of negative effects. It can affect individual well-being as well as relationships with others. Some of the potential negative consequences include anxiety, blind allegiance to leaders, codependency, control problems, disregard for personal responsibility, emotional confusion, excessive tolerance of unacceptable or inappropriate behavior, uh, feelings of shame, spiritual narcissism. Spiritual narcissism involves using spiritual practice as a way to increase self-importance. It often involves using spirituality to build the individual up, also wielding it as a weapon to tear others down. Denying difficult emotions. People often engage in spiritual bypass when they think that they should not be feeling what they are feeling. Negative emotions can be overwhelming at times. Feelings of anger, jealousy, disgust, annoyance, and rage can be distressing. And people may find themselves feeling ashamed or guilty for feeling or thinking such things. Rather than deal with the negative feelings and any resulting reactions to those feelings, spiritual bypass becomes a tool for avoidance. Just as you should try to suppress your own negative emotions in order to avoid discomfort, you should also avoid the desire to save other people from emotions or situations that make you uncomfortable. Trying to save or shield others either from their circumstances or their own poor choices can also become a form of spiritual bypassing. Dismissing other people's emotions. Spiritual bypassing can be a tool to dismiss what others are feeling. At times, spiritual bypass can be used as a tool to gaslight others into staying silent about things that have harmed them. Rather than being allowed to express their pain, people who have been harmed are told by others that they are being a negative person. The tendency to use spirituality to reframe events in a way that lets people off the hook for the harm they may have caused. Avoiding responsibility. Spiritual bypassing also reduces the discomfort that people may feel as a result of cognitive dissonance. People feel uncomfortable when they hold two conflicting beliefs and when they behave in ways that are, that, that are not in accordance with their beliefs. For example, if you believe yourself to be a good person, you might struggle to take responsibility for hurtful things that you have done. Admitting that you have harmed someone else through your actions not only causes feelings of guilt, it also conflicts with your, it also conflicts with your desire to see yourself in a positive light. In this way, spiritual bypass becomes a way to shift the blame back onto the other person while absolving yourself of any responsibility. 
judging others, judging other people for expressing justifiable anger is a form of spiritual bypassing. Anger is a normal emotion and perfectly reasonable reaction to many events and situations. It means that there's something wrong and that action needs to be taken to fix a situation or mend a relationship. Authentic spirituality doesn't suppress valid emotions just because they're uncomfortable. It's okay to feel difficult emotions like anger, jealousy, and disappointment. The key is to deal with those emotions in healthy ways. Justifying suffering. Another example of spiritual bypassing is using supposedly spiritual actions to justify not taking action. Examples of this include saying things such as, it's that way for a reason, it's as nature slash God intended, or it is what it is. It lets people off the hook for taking any responsibility, because according to such explanations, these things are natural, unchangeable, or divinely caused. Such explanations make it easy to just accept things as they are and not focus on the steps that we can take to make a difference. Some situations may be outside of our control. We might face obstacles that make change difficult. But it is important to acknowledge and accept the responsibility for what we can do to make a situation better. Bypassing also becomes a form of victim blame, especially in cases where people are experiencing the, are experiencing the negative effects of various kinds of traumas. Telling people that they should just stop being negative in order to avoid exhaustion, anxiety, depression, and other physical and psychological manifestations of stress essentially tells them that they are to that they are to blame for their own pain and suffering. How it hampers growth. While spiritual bypassing may be less harmful than some other coping mechanism, it can still lead to negative outcomes that hurt an individual's ability to grow as a person and fulfill their potential. It can stifle emotional development and even stand in the way of fully realized spirituality. Spiritual bypassing can also sometimes involve participating in spiritual activities in order to feel superior or to get around having to take any meaningful action. Instead of talking about a conflict, you'll meditate. Instead of participating in your community, you'll visit a temple. Instead of, com instead of confronting your discomfort, you'll recite a prayer. The problem does not lie in engaging in spiritual practices. The problem is that you're using them as a shield to make yourself feel better, not for truly spiritual reasons. This is why spiritual bypassing can sometimes be so subtle and difficult to spot both in yourself and others. Meditation can be a helpful way to deal with stress that will help you cope with conflict. Visiting meaningful places can help you give, the, give you a connection to your community. Praying can give you a sense of peace or comfort when confronting an uncomfortable truth. The difference lies in the, in, the, difference lies in the intentions behind those actions. Are there a way of making yourself feel spiritually superior to others? Then they are likely functioning largely as a spiritual bypass, preventing true growth. Healthy expressions of spirituality help you grow as a person while bypassing creates a barrier between you and authentic growth. Tips and tricks. Spiritual bypassing may act as a way to protect the self from things that we find threatening, but neglects an important truth. We cannot pick and choose which emotions we experience. Life cannot be good thoughts, good feelings, and good emotions alone. In order to experience the highs, we must also endure the lows. Some things that you can do to try to confront a tendency to spiritual bypass include avoid labeling emotions as good or bad. While some emotions may be negative or unpleasant, they serve a purpose. Emotional experiences are not wrong or taboo, and feeling these emotions do not make you a bad person. Try viewing your emotions with acceptance. Remember that all emotional states are, on, are only temporary. Remember that negative thoughts and feelings have a purpose. The goal of life is not to avoid having such thoughts. It is to use those thoughts to propel positive actions. Simply 
simply putting on rose-colored sunglasses and ignoring the problem does not solve it. Remember that uncomfortable feelings are often a sign that there's something wrong and something needs to change. If you're always trying to reduce discomfort by simply avoiding it, the situations that are causing you distress will stay the same. Look at these uncomfortable emotions as an opportunity for transformation rather than a burden to avoid. While spiritual bypassing makes it difficult to acknowledge valid feelings, it is important to remember that spirituality itself can be a positive force in your life. Research suggests that spirituality can also have a number of physical and mental health benefits. People often turn to spirituality to restore hope, cope with distress, to find support, and to find meaning in life. Studies have shown, for example, that people engaged in spiritual practices are less prone to depression, cope better with stress, experience better, experience better overall health, and have better psychological well-being. They work for very well. Don't be too hard on yourself for mistakes. Growth is a process and it's easy to fall into old habits, especially when you're trying to cope with something difficult. Spirituality could be a positive force in your life and many spiritual practices can be excellent stress management tools. By actively avoiding spiritual bypassing, you can make spirituality a practice that will help you live a more harmonious and fulfilling life. Sometimes we have to avoid labeling thoughts as good or bad, is what I'll say. And I think that spiritual bypassing is always a bad thing because if you are avoiding the states of your soul and the states of other people's souls, then that is truly a life of defeatism and pessimism, unfortunately. So, I now want to talk about okay, Toxic Positivity, psychologytoday.com about the author Chloe Carmichael, PhD, is a licensed clinical psychologist, is the author of Nervous Energy, Harness the Power of Your Anxiety. So her blog for Psychology Today is the High Functioning Hotspot, posted July 1st of this year, 2021, reviewed by Libba Ma. What is toxic positivity? Being optimistic has its benefits, but anything can be taken to an extreme. Toxic positivity can sound like a confusing phrase at first. After all, positivity is supposed to be positive, right? However, just like even something as innocent and healthy sounding as jogging can become toxic if taken to an extreme, so can positivity. Taken to an extreme, positivity becomes toxic and deprives us of the motivation to make healthy changes that the awareness of a negative, uncomfortable reality will otherwise stimulate us to make. For example, a person with toxic positivity might return repeatedly to an abusive relationship because they want to just focus on their positive aspects and, ho and hold hope that they will change. Or they might run up huge credit card bills or, on frivolous things because they're staying positive about future earnings. What to do if someone in your life is mired in toxic positivity? If you feel someone in your life may be lapsing into toxic positivity to the point of denying important information, such as allowing people to mistreat them and or other self-sabotaging behaviors, you can try to share your perspective with them by telling them that you are concerned that their positivity may be verging on denial. Be, gent be gentle and emphasize that you're mentioning this only because you care about them 
that you worry they may be setting themselves up for pain if they don't register certain signs of trouble. Try to have at least three examples to share since you'll be raising a topic that has been in their blind spot in quotations. This will also help ensure you're actually onto something real rather than just glimpsing one moment of a person's life and and labeling them as toxically positive. Toxic positivity hinges on a lack of awareness of negative information, and examples can be a helpful, concrete way to increase awareness. It may also be helpful to raise the topic when the person is experiencing some sort of consequence of their toxic positivity, since that's when they might be more open to considering changes, like when their boyfriend is standing them up for the umpteenth time. You can, you can provide a sympathetic ear and also take a moment to share your concern that it may be time to evaluate this boyfriend really is such an angel using a few examples from his past behavior. However, you must remember that it's ultimately their lives live. If they become prickly or angry, it's usually best to affirm that, of course, they know their own life best and promise to back off from pushing your own ideas. On the other hand, you don't have to be stuck forever picking up the pieces of the extreme positivity. They call looking for consolation for the hundredth time. I can't believe you stood me up again. You can say, I'm so sorry this is happening. You know my thoughts about the situation. I think you deserve better and I hate to see you suffer. I'm not sure I'm the best person to encourage you and learning to tolerate this from him since my personal feelings is that it's not a healthy choice for you but of course I understand you need to do whatever is best for you. What if you're toxically positive? If you know you have a tendency toward toxic positivity consider asking a trusted friend or therapist to help you understand the underlying issue for example are you afraid of conflict? Do you lack confidence in your problem-solving skills? Do you have a belief that certain emotions like anger are bad rather than recognizing that anger is often a healthy indicator that someone may be violating our boundaries? Understanding why you're doing this will help you to grow whatever skills you need to change. Also, ask your therapist if you have one or trusted friends to feel empowered to alert when they notice you are being too positive. Since getting real-time feedback can be helpful when dealing with blind spots. As explained in the earlier section on how to help a friend who is toxically positive, friends are often hesitant to mention these patterns to others, since many people bristle at the suggestion that they might be missing something, quotations. Let others in your life know that you're aware of this and you want their back. Journaling can, be, uh, can also be a great way to build awareness of things we'd otherwise push to the side. Forcing yourself to journal every day for at least five minutes will help nudge you towards registering the good and the bad in life. For example, if you're the person who's harmfully positive about their boyfriend, seeing a whole notebook full of examples of when they stood you up or otherwise mistreated you can make it harder to deny or quote unquote forget about those things. I am recovering from toxic positivity. I was exposed to that as well as spiritual bypassing in the world of abuse, religion, education society. Let's read more about toxic positivity. What is toxic positivity? Very well, mind.com. By Kendra Chair, updated on February 1st, 2021, medically reviewed by Rachel Goldman, PhD, FTLS. Toxic positivity is the belief that no matter how dire or difficult a situation is, people should maintain a positive mindset. It's a good vibes only approach to life, and while there are benefits to being an optimist and engaging in positive thinking, toxic positivity instead rejects difficult emotions and favors a cheerful, often falsely positive facade. We all know that having a positive outlook on life is good for your mental well-being. 
The problem is that life isn't always pro. The problem is that life isn't always positive. We all deal with painful emotions and painful experiences. Those emotions, while often unpleasant, are important and need to be felt and dealt with openly and honestly. Toxic positivity takes positive thinking to an overgeneralized extreme. This attitude doesn't just stress the importance of optimism and minimizes and denies any trace of human emotions that aren't strictly happy or positive. Forms of toxic positivity. Toxic positivity can take a wide variety of forms. Some examples you may have encountered in your own life. When something bad happens, such as losing your job, people tell you to just stay positive or look on the bright side. While such comments are often meant to be sympathetic, they can also be a way of shutting down anything you might want to say about what you're experiencing. After experiencing some type of loss, people tell you that everything happens for a reason. While people often make such statements because they believe they are com- because they believe they are comforting, there's also a way of avoiding someone else's pain. When you express disappointment or sadness, someone tells you that happiness is a choice. This suggests that if you are feeling negative emotions, then it's your own fault for not choosing to be happy. Such statements are often well-intentioned. People, such statements are often well-intentioned. People just don't know what else to say, don't know how to be empathetic. Still, it's important to recognize that these responses can be harmful. At, at their best, such statements come off as trite, platitudes that let you off the hook so you don't have to deal with other people's feelings. At their worst, these comments end up shaming and blaming people who are often dealing with incredibly difficult situations. Toxic positivity denies people the authentic support that they need to cope with what they are facing. Why it's harmful. Toxic positivity can actually harm people who are going through difficult times. Rather than being able to share genuine human emotions and gain unconditional support, people find their feelings dismissed, ignored, or outright invalidated. It's shameful. When someone has suffered, they need to know that their emotions are valid, but that they can find relief and love in their friends and family. Their friends and family. Toxic positivity tells people that the emotions they are feeling are unacceptable. It causes guilt. It sends a message that if, you, that if you aren't finding a way to feel positive, even in the face of tragedy, then you are all then you are doing something wrong. It avoids authentic human emotion. Toxic positivity functions as an avoidance mechanism. When other people engage in this type of behavior, allows them to sidestep emotional situations that might make them feel uncomfortable. But sometimes we turn these same ideas on ourselves, internalizing these toxic ideas. When we feel difficult emotions, we then discount, dismiss, and deny them. It prevents growth. It allows us to avoid feeling things that might be painful, but also denies us the ability to face challenging feelings that can ultimately lead to growth and deeper insight. The positive vibes only mantra can be particularly grating during times of intense personal stress. When people are coping with situations such as financial troubles, job loss, illness, or the loss of a loved one, being told that the need to look on the bright side can seem downright cruel. It is possible to be optimistic in the face of difficult experiences and challenges, but people go through trauma, but people going through trauma don't need to be told to stay positive or feel that they are being judged for not maintaining a sunny outlook. Signs, toxic positivity can also be subtle, but by learning to recognize the signs can help you better identify this type of behavior. Some signs include brushing off problems rather than facing them, feeling guilty about being sad, angry, or disappointed. Hiding your, hiding your true feelings behind feel-good quotes that seem more socially acceptable. Hiding or disguising how you really feel. Minimizing other people's feelings because they make you uncomfortable. 
shaming other people when they don't have a positive attitude, trying to be stoic or get over painful emotions, how to avoid toxic positivity. If you've been affected by toxic positivity, or if you recognize this kind of behavior in yourself, there are things that you can do to develop a healthier, more supportive approach. Some ideas include manage your negative emotions, but don't deny them. Negative emotions can cause stress when unchecked. They can also provide important information that can lead to beneficial changes in your life. Be realistic about what you feel. When you're facing a stressful situation, it's normally feel stressed, worried, and fearful. Don't expect too much from yourself. Focus on self-care and taking steps that can help improve the situation. It's okay to feel more than one thing. If you're facing a challenge, it's, it's possible you feel nervous about the future and also hopefully that you will succeed. Your emotions are as complex as the situation itself. Focus on listening to others and showing them support. When someone expresses a difficult emotion, don't shut them down with toxic platitudes. Instead, let them know that what they are feeling is normal and that you're there to listen. Notice how you feel. Following positive social media accounts can sometimes serve as a source of inspiration, but pay attention to how you feel after you view and interact with such content. If you're left with a sense of shame or guilt after seeing uplifting posts, it might be due to toxic positivity. In such cases, consider limiting your social media consumption. Um, so this Get Advice from the Very Well Mind podcast. Hosted by Editor-in-Chief and Therapist Amy Moore and LCSW, this episode of the Very Well Mind Podcast shares tips for reframing your self-limiting beliefs featuring Paralympic gold medalist Mallory Wegerman. Give, give yourself permission to feel your feelings. Instead of trying to avoid difficult emotions, give yourself permission to feel them. These feelings are real, valid, and important. They can provide information and help you see things about a situation that you need to work to change. This doesn't necessarily mean that you should act on every emotion that you feel. Sometimes it's important to sit with your feelings and give yourself the time and space to process to, to process the situation before you take action. So when you are going through something hard, think about ways to give voice to your emotions in a way that is productive. Write in a journal, talk to a friend. Research suggests that just putting what you're feeling into words can help lower the intensity of those negative feelings. Toxic statements, just stay positive, good vibes only. It could be worse, things happen for a reason, failure isn't an option, happiness is a choice. Non-toxic alternatives. I'm listening. I'm here no matter what. That must be really hard. Sometimes bad things happen. How can I help? Failure is sometimes part of life. The feelings are valid. A word from very well. Toxic positivity is often subtle, and we've all engaged in this type of thinking at one point or another. By learning to recognize it, however, you'll be better able to rid yourself of this type of thinking and provide and receive more authentic support when you're going through something that isn't easy. Start noticing toxic statements and strive to let yourself and others feel your emotions, both the positive and the negative. So, um, I really want to stop there and say that I'm thankful that I was able to over I'm able to overcome 
toxic positivity, spiritual bypass, and spiritual um, narcissism. Um, I'm glad that I was able to accomplish that for myself by mental health treatment and channeling the wisdom within me. 